0: What is up guys, it is Quinn here back with another fantasy football video. And over the next two days, we're gonna be going through some of the biggest fantasy football risers and fallers in terms of ADP. So in today's video, I'm gonna be talking about five players who are rising up the rankings. They're going earlier and earlier in fantasy drafts and just kind of talk about them as players, break them down, discuss kind of whether I like them at their new ADP, if I think they're gonna keep rising. So all that sorts of stuff. Before I get into the first player, if you guys enjoy the content, do me a huge favor hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, you guys know the deal. But let's jump into the first riser, and it is going to be Saquon Barkley. So he hasn't taken a huge jump, but we're looking at a guy who's going in the first few rounds, so even moving up like four or five slots is pretty significant. So earlier in the offseason, like even a few weeks ago, Saquon Barkley was going like early, mid-third round. Now he's jumped up to more of a late second round selection, going as like RB11, RB12. He's basically back-to-back with Leonard Fournette right now, and he has pretty firmly jumped players like Nick Chubb and Javante Williams. And so it seems like people are buying back into the talent here. We know there's some risk here, but this is really like a risk-reward play. There's definitely some red flags, but we know the ceiling is so, so high because when Saquon Barkley is healthy, when he's 100% himself, He's a high-end running back one play for fantasy football. I mean, the dude averaged 24.1 PPR points per game as a rookie. That is top, top top-tier production. He's one of the only running backs in the NFL who has like a legitimate shot at going for 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards in the same season. You're looking at guys like Christian McCaffrey. He has done it before. Maybe a guy like Austin Eckler could do it. But if Saquon can stay healthy for 17 games, that is totally in the realm of possibility. Obviously, the risk comes from injuries here. He has suffered, you know, significant ankle sprains in both 2019 and 2021. Those ankle sprains haven't necessarily led to him missing a ton of time. I think he missed three games in 2019, four games in 2021, but it definitely limited his production coming off of them. So he was playing through the injury or, you know, coming off of it, but was just not the same player. And then we all know he tore his ACL in the 2020 season, was kind of coming back from that in 2021. And the problem here is that some of these other guys who have these injuries, a player like Christian McCaffrey, when he would return from injuries, he would be his normal self. You know, last year he was hurt all the time, but he would come back, put up like 25 points, then get hurt again. But he would be this cycle where he was still putting up top tier numbers. The problem for Saquon is that he did kind of experience a drop off in play last season. So coming off of that ankle sprain, he only averaged 10.5 PPR points per game after returning. It's not a great look. He didn't look fantastic, did not look like the same player, but I'm not gonna you know ding him too much here because the whole offense was horrible. It was just not a good situation here with the Giants. Heading into 2022, this offense definitely looks much better, at least on paper. They had a ton of injuries last season. Hopefully this team is pretty healthy going into week one. You have Brian Dayball coming in. He's actually talked about wanting to use Saquon as a wide receiver. I just think that's great news all around for fantasy. For his real life production if you can get this guy receiving work he's going to be taking less hits from these massive defenders you get him out in the slot we know he's a capable wide receiver i think that is great news for him as a fantasy football asset so really i think his upside is very very high if i was going to kind of project where saquon's adp goes from here i feel like he's either going to stay around this like pick 22 slot late second round or i think he's going to move up I don't see him falling back down into the third round. Obviously, in a certain number of drafts, he probably will go early third. When we're talking about like average draft placement, I don't think he's gonna go back to a third round pick. I think the upside is there. You're not taking the same risk that you have in previous years where you're taking him in the first round. So I think he's either gonna stay as like a back end second round pick, or I think he could rise a few slots, maybe start to kind of make his way into the middle of the second round. So that's what I think about Saquon Barkley, another running back who is rising up in terms of ADP. That is Travis Etienne. I talked about being a big fan of Etienne at his price. I think it was like a few weeks ago. And basically ever since I made that video, no correlation here, but his ADP has definitely been on the rise. Now he's going as like a mid fourth round pick. I don't hate this price for Etienne, but it's definitely not as juicy as it was like a few weeks ago. So he's definitely no longer a player who I'm like actively targeting going out of my way to get him on my team. Cause I just don't think this price is like insane where it was, you know, really nice a few weeks ago. It seems like people are really kind of coming around to ETN as being the clear RB one on this team. I know people really love James Robinson, but that Achilles tear just really opens things up. This workload could be right there for the taking for Travis ETN. It also looks like the Jaguar is going to be giving him opportunities in the slot just like i talked about for saquon that's great news we know etn has the receiving abilities that's going to give him you know a new level of ceiling for fantasy football and if this adp continues to rise i'll likely be out on him just cuz i think you can take a guy like breece hall you know like half a round or a full round later and it'll be better value but here in the mid fourth round i think it's fine if you like him at this spot but he's definitely not the screaming buy he was you know just a little bit ago Now moving over to the wide receiver position, we have Mike Williams really kind of rising up draft boards. His ADP has gone up all the way to like mid third round, and he is going back to back with Keenan Allen. I definitely thought there would be more of a separation between those two guys, but I mean, it kind of makes sense. In 2021, he was the wide receiver 12 in half point PPR points per game. It was by far the best season of his five year career. I know some people are probably gonna hate this price for Mike Williams, and I don't necessarily blame you. I can definitely see the arguments people are gonna make against him. You can say last year was a fluke. You know, it was so clearly the best year of his career. Maybe he regresses back to what he was earlier. He also fell off towards the back half of the season. So can you put it together over an entire season? These are all valid arguments. But in my opinion, this was a different coaching staff using him in a totally different role. In previous years, he was used basically as like a deep threat. He was going to burn you down the field. He was kind of going to be a big play guy. If he had that 40 yard touchdown, he was going to produce for fantasy. If he didn't, you were kind of out of luck. So, this is his average depth of target, his ADOT, over the last four years. So, 2018, 15.4, 2019, 17.4, 2020, 14.8. Those are very, very high. Then, here in 2021, only 10.7. So that is a total role change in this offense. So I don't really think it's fair to compare last season with his previous years because it's really just not the same player. I mean, I guess it is the same player, but it's the same player playing a totally different role, which obviously is gonna change things for fantasy. And it was successful for the Chargers. So I imagine he's gonna be doing that same thing here in 2022. For me, he's probably a little too pricey at this ADP, but I don't think it's like a crazy spot to have him. He's likely an ascending wide receiver, on a top-tier passing offense. He's attached to Justin Herbert. We know Herbert's a stud. And then you have Keenan Allen, who's been the wide receiver one. He is 30 years old, just kind of playing devil's advocate here because I do think Keenan Allen is still clearly the better pick for fantasy, but definitely something to think about with Mike Williams. It's possible he does overtake Keenan Allen this year. Like, I don't think that would be a crazy thing to happen. Now, staying here at the wide receiver position, we've got Rashad Bateman. He slots in here as wide receiver 25, and earlier on in the offseason, he was kind of going in the same range with the young wide receivers, Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore, Amon Ra, those guys. Now he's jumped that tier, and he's even going ahead of some proven veterans like Brandon Cooks, Amari Cooper, Juju, Chris Godwin, all of those guys. I'm a big fan of Rashad Bateman, loved him coming out as a prospect, You know, was a big fan of him basically all through last year, like he was always on my waiver wire pickups. I was waiting for that rookie season breakout, but I kind of feel like we've gone a little too far on him. I think he's definitely gonna go later than wide receiver 25 in more like casual leagues, but more hardcore leagues, I could totally see him being like a fringe wide receiver two pick. But in my opinion, this slot is just a little too early for me to draft a wide receiver who hasn't really broke out yet. Like he didn't break out last season. And I do understand that he can be the wide receiver one on this team, He most likely will, but you're looking back at last year, you know, the argument is, okay, he's the wide receiver one. Marquise Brown was balling out before Lamar Jackson got hurt. He just slides right into that role. Personally, I have a few problems with that argument because we just straight up don't know if he's as good as Marquise Brown. He obviously wasn't able to compete with him last year. There were factors, you know, kind of contributing to that missed early chunk of the season. Tough to, you know, kind of get that chemistry when you're injured and training camp, all this stuff. So I do understand that, but I also just don't think this is going to be the same pass-heavy attack. The Ravens have always been a team, at least with Lamar Jackson, they're going to run the ball a ton. They're not going to throw it a lot. Well, in 2021, they kind of had to throw it a lot. 35.9 pass attempts per game. We had the injuries to their running backs, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. The defense was banged up, so they really did have to throw the ball. So 35.9 pass attempts per game. That was the ninth most in the NFL. You go back one season, 2020, they only averaged 25.9 pass attempts per game that was dead last in the NFL. So if I had to bet, you know, what side they're closer on here in 2022, I bet they're closer to that 25.9 number. You know, it could be like 29 pass attempts per game, 30, but I'm just not seeing a situation here barring, you know, more injuries to the defense, injuries to the running backs where they're closer to that like 36 pass attempt per game number. It just doesn't fit their personnel they have not invested in pass catchers they trade away their wide receiver one why are they going to be pass heavy again we know the run game is very successful with lamar so rashad bateman here wide receiver 25 love the player i want to have a few shares of him but he's definitely not someone i'm going all in on this year because you know it's kind of pretty hefty draft capital if he misses or even if he is the wide receiver one like he could be the guy and still be like wide receiver 30 wide receiver 31 And then you're kind of disappointed in that pick. Now onto the final player, Trey Lance, the only quarterback on this list. I've talked about him a bunch recently, so I'm not going to go super deep in this breakdown. But his ADP has kind of slowly started to rise. He's now going in the eighth round. I think it just makes sense. People are starting to understand, you know, he's gaining traction due to his pretty high ceiling with that rushing upside. I think he's a legit dark horse to finish as the QB1. I would not be surprised if he was like a top three quarterback. So I think he will likely continue to rise, especially as we get closer to the season and Jimmy G either gets traded, cut, whatever happens. Like once Trey Lance is announced as the starter, his ADP is gonna jump even more. And I think he's gonna have that starting spot. So if you're drafting early or you're doing your best ball leagues, I'd be taking advantage of a guy like Trey Lance and snagging him on your rosters. So those are the five players who are rising in ADP. Just to run through them again, we have Saquon Barkley, Travis Etienne, Mike Williams, Rashad Bateman, and then Trey Lance. So those are the five guys I talked about at the beginning. I'll be going through the fallers tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that video. Thank you all for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.